The Dark Times is not intended for younglings, foundlings, or Padawan learners. Ask your Game Master's permission before listening. The Dark Times is not intended for younglings, foundlings, or Padawan learners. Ask your Game Master's permission before listening. Greetings, Exalted One. Allow me to introduce myself. I'm Luke Skywalker, Jedi Knight and friend to Captain Solo. I know that you are a powerful, mighty Jabba, and that your anger with Solo must be equally powerful. I seek an audience with your greatness to bargain for Solo's life. With your wisdom, I'm sure that we can work out an arrangement which will be mutually beneficial and enable us to avoid any unpleasant confrontation. As a token of my goodwill, I present you a gift. The Dark Times Podcast. Welcome back to the Dark Times Podcast. It's the I- Dark Times <clears throat> Podcast. I'm Steven. I'm your friend and favorite Jedi Knight, Sam. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I'd, I'd say you're my favorite Jedi Knight for sure. <laughs> Steven, you brought us, uh, I think we, t- we teased it last week, that what we were going to talk about this week. I'm pretty sure that made the cut. I've teased a lot of things this past week, so you're going to have to <laughs> remind me. Uh, we're talking about poisons. Is it's that right? fucking poison time. Poisons, baby. Ouch. But first, we've got some feedback from last episode to sift through. Yes, yeah, sorry, I was getting ahead of myself. No, there. it's okay. It's all sift right. Sift through. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. Uh, we heard, of course, from our good friend of the show, Lil Literalist. He uh, wanted to point out a couple things. I'll paraphrase here just a few points. Uh, drain energy does work on lightsabers, and it's actually the reason why he, Lil Literalist, bans it at his tables, believe it or not. Uh, and Stimmy. That's actually pronounced stymie. The clue there is the the Y in it, as I'm to understand. Uh, Fantastic. This part, I'll just read Lil Literalist's words directly, because I couldn't find a way to paraphrase this that sounded smarter than the way he said it. (laughs) That's the point, right? Yeah, of course. sounds smarter. (laughs) You can't react to an attack and damage separately. The designers specifically called out negate energy and deflect as examples of reacting twice to the same trigger, which is disallowed. Intercept is best used against attacks, which barely beat your reflex defense, as well as move object against you. For shield is great for when the attack is too high to reliably use intercept, or you have a lot of people shooting at you. I I totally didn't think about like multiple opponents in the instance of using force shield. You can negate a lot of damage if you're under heavy fire while using force Absolutely. shield. Absolutely. That's really cool. All right. As I said, poisons baby ouch is the name of this segment. <laughs> Sam, do you remember a lovely young woman uh, on the rise in the, in the world of bounty hunting name of Zam Wessel? Finally, a female bounty hunter that star Wars can get behind. <laughs> It's like, what a great character they introduced. And I only saw the beginning of Attack of the Clones, so I'm sure that she she got away, right? That's what happens? Yeah, yeah. She goes on to live a very happy, prosperous life, actually, as a as a well-known bounty hunter. No. Uh, Zam Wessel was, of course, killed by none other than Jango Fett using a poisoned Kamino Saber dart for her failure 
to assassinate Padme Al-Badala using poison centipedes, known as Kohum. Are they venomous or poisonous? Okay, so, all right, okay, so if it bites <laughs> you and you die, it's venomous. Okay. If you bite it and you die, it's toxic or poisonous. Okay. I think so. I went to college for this sort of thing. So no, I really well, isn't it like I... poisonous gas, though? Yeah, so if you bite the gas, <laughs> you'll die. It's not venomous gas. Yeah, no, that works out. That works out. I'm glad you brought up poisonous gas, because, boy, buddy, bongo, we got some poisonous gas tonight. Poisons are notoriously tricky in Swissy. They are genuinely a little, uh, like, I don't know, incomplete, I think. Kind of like some minds... And I call it the Rodney Thompson special. You're going to be after doing some work at home. He's not going to get on the show if he calls it the Rodney Thompson special. He knows. He knows. He had to deal with far worse than me back in the day. Uh, it's it's just it's the result of crunch and force to get a book out. You know, yeah, of course, pad for pages, pad for time, get it done. That I we and we don't. You know, we don't knock them for it because we've done it. <laughs> I've done that in my tabletop games where I've thrown something together half acidly and then three sessions down the line realize. Oh, that doesn't work quite right. <laughs> we should fix that. Well, of course, as always with everything, if it doesn't make sense to you at your table, please fill in the blanks and adjust it as needed. Uh, poisons, uh, just like many hazards, actually utilize a keyword system. Uh, some keywords that apply to poisons are ingested, natural, atmosphere, contact, etc. Not etc. I was just saying etc. Like etc. You, you, you understand. Yeah. Don't cut that. Um, <laughs> yeah, okay, you had to re- I wasn't gonna, but good, you had to good. reassure me that. Good. Sam, we love keywords for hazards. Some people would call these keywords tags. Isn't yeah, it? I might even call them tags because, boy, howdy, they remind me a hell of a lot of Pathfinder's 2E tag system, which is one of my favorite things about Pathfinder, to talk about Pathfinder on my Swissy podcast some more. Um, the trait system like completely removes any potential obfuscation from a poison's like overall traits, strengths, weaknesses. No matter how confusing or misleading the rules text can be, bam, those keywords are right there to let us know precisely the relevant traits for this this uh, this hazard here. Uh, some things that are common across all poisons, Sam. They ignore equipment bonuses to fortitude defense. That's very important. They ignore any damage reduction you might have, and they also ignore any shield rating you might have. Natural for a physiological threat like like a poison. If they move a target down the condition track, that person gains a persistent condition that can only be removed by the treat poison action. That requires a medical kit, full round action, and it's a treat injury roll versus a poison's specific DC. Uh, or until the poison fails its attack roll once, whichever happens first, and... We know how random odds tend to go. I think you're more likely to see the poisons attack once per round, right? Yeah, it depends on the poison. Most of them attack once per turn. Yes, once per turn. Okay, once per the like infect the infected the poisoned target's turn. Once once per the target's turn, usually. Contact poisons can be applied to a weapon, and then they make their attack roll when a poisoned weapon damages a target. A creature that dies from poison can be revived via Revivify, but that does not remove the poison from their system. That must be treated separately. That's a DC 25 treat injury check. That also requires medical kit. Med pack also grants you a plus two bonus on your Revivify checks. A creature with a functional breath mask is actually immune to inhaled poisons, including toxic gases and atmospheres. 
Poison only ever affects living creatures, not droids, not vehicles. Simple stuff, right? Uh, yeah, I can't think of it. I mean, you can upgrade some armor with breath masks, right? Or- yeah, I think you can do that as integrated equipment on just about anything. Or I'm sure there's a helmet upgrade, or not a helmet, well, there's a helmet package, of course. But I'm sure there's an armor upgrade that either covers the use of a breath mask, or you can just put one on, or you can do some integrated equipment type stuff. Tell us about some poison, Stephen. You got some. Yeah, some I, I reached into my bag here and I, I pulled out a, a good selection of poisons. <laughs> you just got them a, loose in a vial. Yeah, they're just you know they're around. I got a, I got a pouch full of poisons here. That's uh, I, I made a nice good selection. This is only five of the available. Like, gosh, I think there's like upwards of a dozen or so. Um, but I, I thought this was a good sampling size of of what of what poisons look like in Saga Edition. So. At the top of the list, core rulebook, we got CL2 knockout drugs, baby. When put into food or drink, this poison renders a target unconscious. Has the keywords artificial, ingested, and poisoned. The trigger is a creature ingests knockout drugs. It makes a plus four attack against the target's fortitude defense. Now that I know what you're thinking, Sam, that sounds like shit. But the common (laughs) thug only has a fortitude of 11. So this is going to work out pretty well. It uh, recurs at the start of the target's turn until it's treated. There's no damage involved, but every time it successfully attacks the target's forward to defense, target moves down one step on the condition track. It's a DC 15 to treat this poison. Before you move to the next one, I have a question. Go ahead. So I, I guess I guess that's pretty fa- – I, I, I was thinking about it to myself saying yeah. that's – you would notice pretty quickly, but when you think about a round being only six seconds, it's pretty fast to yeah. go down the condition track. I mean, that's still less than a minute that you'd be completely knocked out. That's that's damn fast. Yeah. Assuming you're at top of the condition track. Absolutely. But was your question like, how would I tell my player they've been poisoned by another? Yeah, how drug? would you? Okay. Like, you won't just tell them, like, you've been... You've been poisoned, or I mean, you could, but let's say a, a local hut lord uh, invites the party over for a nice dinner with the secret purpose of drugging them and imprisoning them to barter them off to the empire for some cash, you know, real quick stuff. Um, never say, take drinks from a hut. Yeah, first. never that's, take drinks from a hut. The, if you learn anything from today, it's don't take, <laughs> don't accept drinks from a hut. Say he beforehand his major domo places knockout drugs in each of the players' drinks. The players, for some reason, suspect nothing of this crime lord, swig their drinks down. Um, That's when I would begin describing the effects without telling them exactly what's going on. Maybe one of them can squeeze in a quick um, knowledge life sciences check and identify maybe the effects of what they're experiencing. And they roll pretty well. And I think they have to roll pretty high because they are literally falling unconscious. Um, I I think a, a good knowledge check, I'd tell them it's a knockout drug. Um, but other than that, I would just describe like, oh, your limbs feel heavy, you feel drowsy, you can't move very easily, you feel disoriented. Those are the sort of things usually associated with a with a drug like this. Awesome. Yeah. None uh, of this weak shit, Steven. Show yeah. Me, yeah. Get, let's just talk about some better, some better knockout uh, shit. We're amping it up. We're, we're taking it to the next level. So fuck your knockout drugs. It's time for Dioxys, named for a favorite Pokemon of mine. Oh, wait, no, that's Deoxys, of course. Okay, He's yeah. cool, he's from space. Yeah, I know. Transform. Okay, cool. <laughs> Deoxys is an inhaled gas often used in assassinations. The keywords are atmosphere, natural, and poison. The trigger, as a creature exposed to Deoxys, more on that later, makes a plus 10 attack, deals 46 damage, and minus one step on the condition track, half damage on a miss. But you still go down a step on the condition track? 
I don't think I don't think so. Really? It doesn't say that. Okay, then. it says unsuccess, forty six damage, and down one step on the condition track. Half damage on miss. Oh, do you hear it driving up, Steven? It's our favorite vehicle, the GM Fiat. <laughs> you gotta let your, uh... Holy shit, it's the brand new 2022 GM Fiat. <laughs> With the Fuck deluxe me. rules lawyer package. <laughs> no, yeah, so, um, yeah yes. I don't think it moves you down one step on the condition track on a miss. That doesn't make much sense to me, but maybe it does. Who knows? Hop in the GM Fiat. Take it for a test drive. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I know what you're thinking, Sam. That kind of sounds like an area attack. Do I get bonuses to avoiding this if I have evasion? No. And yeah, of course, it's not a fucking area attack. It's a hazard. And why would evasion? Can I evade air? Yeah. No, no. (laughs) You evade oxygen. It's like that one gif of the guy dodging the rain's attack patterns. (laughs) My God. This reoccurs at the start of the target's turn. It's a DC 23 to treat. Uh, there's no information on how much area the gas should occupy, how quickly it dissipates. It's probably easiest to use this in like theater of the mind encounters and also skill challenge encounters. You could probably get away with drawing a three by three area on your map and saying there's Dioxys here and leave it at that. Sam did find something very interesting from me in Galaxy of War about battle stations. Do you want to read that that little bit? Yeah, there, sure. Sam? Cool. Battle stations have mundane uses for various gases that can be poisonous or toxic, but some stations also employ these gases to capture or kill intruders. In addition, gases flow through conduits and pipes built into station walls and can be released by a stray blaster bolts or careless tampering. Gases fill a room quickly, taking approximately three rounds to fill a room that is 20 meters on each side. So that's... Very fast. That's so. Tw- um, uh, a square is a meter, right? A square is a meter and a half. I did some math below here. So that math works out to about a 60 square area per round. Like maybe let me let me explain what I did here. So a room that's 20 meters on each side is 13 and a third squares on each side. In three rounds, it would fill a room at a rate of 59.2 squares per round or 9.8 squares a second. Folks, right now, stop listening to the podcast. Check your carbon monoxide monitors at home. You'll Car- never know until it's too late, apparently. CO poisoning kills, uh, sure, millions of Americans a year. Um, <laughs> keep an eye out for that. But yeah, no, that's that's insane. And I think fairly realistic. I mean, I'm not like a, Absolutely. I'm not I mean, a gas scientist. Well, but That's realistic. In the context of you shot a wall and yeah. there's a gas line behind it and the gas didn't explode. That line earlier about uh, careless tampering brought brought some funny imagery to mind about how I could <laughs> gas my players. That's really, really funny. Oh, you failed the mechanics check to open a door and accidentally slay out. <laughs> Man, it's just it's billowing out at, 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 at taking approximately three rounds to fill a room that's. 20 meters on each side. You're in a hallway that's four meters on each side. Oh, Man. God, my players, my players worst nightmare word problems. <laughs> all right. All right. Next one's up is another special kind of kind of standout pick in the poison bunch. Poison bunch, boys. All right. Sith poison, baby. It's a favorite of the Krath and the Macrosa order. Sith poison is the most insidious of inventions. Uh-huh. Hey, there it is. It. There it is. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to our boy Sheev. Once the toxin is introduced into a force user's bloodstream, whether through injection or ingestion, that's needle or meal for uh, three folks out there. 
Exposed individuals become quicker to anger and more likely to call on the dark side, slowly perverting servants of the light into agents of the dark. Oh, it's just like Pap's Blue Ribbon. (laughs) That was a good one. That was a good one. The keywords, contact, ingested, poison. The trigger, a creature takes damage from a weapon coated with or a substance tainted with Sith poison. Also, if you want to get real graphic, I'm sure the Sith would be like strapping you to a chair and like injecting you with this and like yeah. coat or air or, or like something Chinese like water torture, like dripping it on Ooh. your forehead one at a time. Yeah, it's pretty fucked up. I, I like that. Yeah. yeah, that's good. So, so his first attack against your fortitude defense is at plus 12. And then recurring attacks are plus 12 against your will defense. Very important thing here. There's a physiological and a psychological component to the Sith poison here, which I think is awesome. You take 46 damage on a successful attack and move down one persistent step on the condition track. And the target increases the dark side score by one, which is cool. You just, it just gives you that. This recurs. Wait, record recurs. Reoccurs. Reoccurs every time the target spends a force point until the Sith poison is neutralized. It's actually used the force check to neutralize the poison, not a treat entry check. Every time an attack made by the Sith poison fails, a character can make you use the force check to neutralize the Sith poison. Is that as a reaction? Yeah, sure. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think it has an action at all. It just says every time the, the attack fails. So don't even count that as an action, baby. But sure, if it has to be, make it a reaction. If the Sith Poison's attack fails five consecutive times, it is neutralized automagically. It's a great tool to include. Did in, you uh, mean to say automagically? Yes, of course I did. It's a pun. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was just making sure. Automatically. Oh, no, sorry. <laughs> I was just making sure. Uh, really cool tool to use in any sort of like campaign that centers the Sith or... Uh, weird occult alchemic shit that Sith sometimes get up to. This is like a, a perfect example of, of something like that. Really cool. If your party, like maybe, I don't know, they're supposed to assassinate some Senator and they get their hands on this really fucked up and crazy Sith poison. They found <laughs> in some temple somewhere. Really cool. Maybe it has unintended consequences. I like that. Maybe it's going to cool. Um, dark side spirit or something. I can see this. If for some reason you brought Exegol into your campaign, <laughs> if, if at for home, some fucking reason you brought, God a place forbid, like you need to campaign. bring Exegol up into your campaign. But if you did, you could see some Sith poison there. A Coraban would have plenty. Of, it's just Sith poison. You, the the, the bottles of the stuff. <laughs> like, come on, Exegol. <laughs> Why am I such a cruel man? <laughs> null gas, Sam. It's null gas. This is. Honestly, as far as like sci-fi gases go, this is really cool. This is like something that I have on in like TNG. Uh, the keywords: atmosphere, artificial, poison. The trigger: a creature is exposed to null gas. The attack is plus fourteen versus your fortitude defense. Three d ten damage. Half damage on a miss. The recurrence: each round at the start of the target's turn, as long as the target remains exposed to null gas. The special effect, Sam, after one minute. Okay, it's 10 rounds of exposure to null gas. A creature is affected as if it's in a vacuum and must deal with the effects of suffocation. Null gas neutralizes the oxygen in the air. Wow. Yeah. Isn't that just just bonkers? Yeah. You know, we have something like that. Oh, it's just it's just CO2, Steven. That doesn't neutralize oxygen, Sam. Well, it replaces also, oxygen. Also, when you're in a vacuum, you don't suffocate. Your your fucking innards just get sucked out. 
Well, in this case, Sam, it would be suffocating because there's no oxygen in the air. It's not a literal. It doesn't create a vacuum. It neutralizes the oxygen here. Come on. This is a high school chemistry problem here. God forbid. I. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. I formally apologize. Yeah, I, I like your, your apology in writing, actually, on okay. the subreddit All and right. the discord, too. At everyone ping. <laughs> Try Hexalon. Should I stop shouting? Yeah. Okay. Try Hexalon. It's a CL-15 contact inhaled poison. The trigger, a creature is exposed to Hexalon. The attack is plus 20 versus your fortitude defense. The damage is 10d6. Maybe that knocks you down two steps on the condition track. On a miss, you take half damage and move down only one step on the condition track. So there you go, Sam. That's what we were talking about earlier. The recurrence each round at the start of the target's turn until the trihexalon is treated. The treat injury check DC is 30. So you do not want to go near this stuff because trihexalon causes disintegration of biological matter. A creature that takes full damage from trihexalon loses any limb in contact with the poison roll randomly. This is one of only a couple different ways to start popping limbs off your players in Saga Edition. And I, honestly, I think it's one of my favorites. Did you do an episode about limb loss and limb loss and Swissy? Limb yeah. loss and limb regaining. Honestly, yeah, I think there's enough for an episode to yeah. do about that, maybe. Steven, where would so a player use poisons like these? Oh, it seems like a lot of these are mostly uh, GM tools. Yeah, a lot of these are, are definitely GM tools, especially the higher level ones. I mean, like... Come on, that, that trihexalon is too dangerous to like carry around. I think, but if if the party needed to use this, maybe they're in bounty hunting, maybe they're in the assassination business. Um, I think these are usable and and viable for player use. The biggest problem I can think of is that there's no good framework for acquiring these poisons. You notice they don't have any um, costs. Yeah, they don't have any costs associated with them. They don't have any restricted levels. Like, they, there's no licensed restricted military here. Although, I think it's safe to say once you're above, like, CL-10 with these, they're definitely, like, military-grade stuff. Like, Trihexalon, like, come on. I could see, like, maybe uh, a party of bounty hunters is hired to escort, uh, like, a container of Trihexalon. Yeah of trihexalon to a certain location. And if that gets, if that container gets tampered with, then it'll leak out and everyone will be in trouble. Definitely. That's something you could use it for. Yeah. And it's like, especially with, we keep saying trihexalon, but, but the higher order poisons are definitely like, not something you really can go out and just get at the local store. You might want to center your storytelling, your quest, your mission around just acquiring this poison. It might be a bit more of a, of a quest reward than a, a thing you can just purchase. Well, that's why I have the idea of using it as a escorting tool yeah. for like a quest. Or using like it that. as the story, as the like story object, yeah. not necessarily a, the, 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 um, I don't know the intended, a tool, the for, tool. Yeah. Yeah. Using it as like a set piece, a set piece. There, there we go. go. That's what we're after. Uh, I like, you know, shout out to the Malkite Poisoner Talent Tree. That's one of those things that lets you put contact poisons on your weapons, right? Yeah, I mean, anyone can do that. The poison rules say that. But let's take a quick peek at that talent tree because I'm honestly not very familiar with it myself. You can modify poison. Uh, you can modify the delivery method of a poison, uh, contact ingested or inhaled to another delivery method by succeeding in a knowledge life sciences check. Get your trihexalon pills ready. 
This shit'll fuck you up. <laughs> oh, the um that life sciences knowledge check DC is actually equal to the poison's treat injury DC, which is oh, interesting. Wow. And what if you fail? It just doesn't work or I guess it just doesn't work. You spill it on yourself. Oh shit. Ah! Oh, where's the chemical shower? <laughs> Let's see. Uh, Malkite techniques. This is kind of their, their starter talent here. Once per encounter, you can apply a toxin to any non energy slashing or piercing weapon as a standard action. If an attack roll with that weapon also exceeds the target's fortitude defense, that target is poisoned. Hey, not a separate attack, not That's a separate cool. roll. That's way better. It's super cool. Each round on the creature's turn, the poison makes an attack roll, 1d10, plus your heroic level, against the target's fortitude defense. That's really cool. You can you can exceed the effectiveness of many poisons pretty well there. If the attack succeeds, the target takes damage equal to 1d6 plus one half your heroic level and moves down one step on the condition track. Oh, cool. So you just generally get better at poisoning overall. A target moved to the end of the condition track by the poison is unconscious, but continues to take damage as long as the poison continues to attack. The poison attacks each round until it misses or until the victim is cured. Very nice. There you go. There's another thing I wanted to mention. Also, I believe there are some beasts that have like exhale like gases. Yeah, I think there's there's beasts that can poison you. Don't the spiders do it? I'm sure. I bet the the spiders do. Spiders are wont to poison things. Let's see here. Oh, there's the cohoon right there. Those those, uh, centipedes. Yeah. Centerpiece. <laughs> centerpiece. I am there. Centerpiece out there in the outer rim. Let's see if they can poison you. I'm sure they can. Ah, yes. If a cone deals damage to a living target, the target's also poisoned. If the poison succeeds on an attack roll, 1d20 plus 10 against the target's fortitude defense, the target takes 46 points of damage and moves one step down the condition track. The attack fails, the target takes half damage, doesn't move down the condition track. Who poison attacks each round until cured with a DC 25 treat injury check. How much damage do they just deal on the attack? So when they bite you, they actually have a minus one to hit with their bite, and it's a 1d4 damage. But then the poison triggers if they deal any damage. I feel like Padme really wasn't in trouble. You know, yeah, she was pretty high level herself. She yeah, might have been like, fine. I mean, yes, she was helpless. They would have automatically oh, yeah. crit. Automatic. But still, the poison has to make an attack against her. And even so, it I mean, tw- I guess it is half a minute. Like we said earlier, half yep. a minute. If it hits every round and then yep. you're unconscious. I don't know. I feel like she would have been fine. I, they probably <laughs> have like a medical, sur- uh, they have like staff or something. That's true. On- they probably have like, she's an important senator. There's probably antidote relatively nearby. <laughs> Just use all antidote. You think Star Wars has like universal antidotes? Uh, maybe. Yeah, probably. They probably have. I mean, these guys, these little bugs weren't like unknown. They I'm just might saying have. Zam was not set up for success. <laughs> like, <laughs> Oh, hey, big Zam. Thank you for listening to Dark Times Podcast. It's the, we're doing a little break in the show. Hey, it's the break of the show. It's Look. the break in the show. It's the show in the break. We're breaking <laughs> in the show. So your show doesn't break. Like, um... Like, that just I'm just mind wiped you right now. <laughs> like the son of God breaking bread at the Last Supper, we are breaking the show and passing it to you, dear listener. Amen. <laughs> you can reach out to us on Twitter, Dark Times SWSE, or you can email us, Dark Times SWSE at gmail dot com. Uh, we pr- have a Patreon. Steve and I are doing some cool stuff on there. Yeah, so, I have my hex crawl guide up there. If you're interested in bringing outer space and wilderness exploration to your Star Wars Saga Edition table, absolutely check it out. I specially formatted it so it matches all the original Swissy source books, and there's some cool art in there. Some fun formatting. I think you should give it a look. 
Uh, also, we're still working on that module we're talking about, that Dark Times module. Uh, I've been writing, like, pre-gen handout guides for they the, look for really the level good. one characters we made. Uh, I'm I'm done with one of them. I've got we got like four more to go, but it's been a, it's been effort. But we're doing it because I want this to be something that the a GM can bring to new players of the system. Oh, yeah. and help them kind of get through a first few sessions. Kind of a Swissy beginners box, if yeah, you will. Like a Swissy beginners box. Yeah, like Dawn of Defiance was supposed to be that, but and it only sort of was. I don't even think any pregens came with Dawn of Defiance. I don't think it did either. And yeah. also, I mean, Dawn of Defiance is cool, but it does give the players like buffs yeah like setting it up and stuff like yeah. more point by and stuff like that i'm like yeah. oh that's not really a, a faithful in quotes experience no and it, it kind of betrays one of our favorite things about swissy which is the, the costly combat but we're getting off topic absolutely uh well yeah we'll talk more about that when we talk more about the module huh all our patrons were able to vote in our previous build bounty. We'll talk more about that in a second. Yes, indeed. But if you join the Patreon using the support link in the description, you can also vote in all current and future bounties and check out Steven's Hex Crawl Guide and our module when it goes up there. I've got some maps up there, too, that I made in Dungeon Painter Studio. They're you know, nothing yeah. crazy, but it's still cool. By far, the Patreon is, is a tip jar to yeah. keep the show afloat. It Absolutely. covers most of our hosting costs, and for that, we are insanely thankful. Uh, you guys are enable the show to continue to exist. Also, new patrons get a shout out at this part of the show here. Yep. And anyone who uh, re- reviews us on Spotify or on Apple Music or wherever you get your podcasts, send it in. We'll read it. Or we'll do a shout out. If you think we deserve one stars, let us know. If you think we deserve five stars, let us know, please. If you think we deserve six stars, well, I'd like to know what website you're using because <laughs> I don't know any of them that, that give out six stars. Uh, let's get you guys back to the action. All right, Sam, we've got some business to attend to. Yeah. Yeah. The build contest. Yes, we do, as as many listeners know, every so often we'll do a bounty. Yes. Just to make it more fun in Star Wars. The fastest it's a build contest in the West. This, one <laughs> uh, this, this, uh, this month's build contest was Inquisitors. Yes. Inquisitive Inquisitorious. Uh, the, the challenge was to create a level 10 character with at least one level in Force Adept. If you want to listen to all the builds, they're all in the link to the last episode's description, or you can go check out that episode. We have a winner, Stephen. We have a winner. Who is it? It was Baz Begul Engamei, Evil Incarnate. From Sushinoketsu. 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 Thank you so much for submitting all the builds, you guys. This is probably the most builds we've had yeah. in a build contest. Yeah, I, by far. By far. By far, yeah. This um, is his second win, too, right? I believe so, yeah. Congratulations, Sue. So there were some of the builds we got weren't exactly build legal. Yes, which yes. is not a problem. I mean, that's why the, that's why it's a contest, and that's that's why it's not a contest. Yeah, sorry, no, it's we, not a build contest. We don't expect perfection. It's a build showcase. Yeah, we don't expect perfection. We certainly don't dish out perfection. That's so. for fucking sure, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. So there was one in particular that was just straight up not legal. Yeah, it was the James James Biggles, the Inquisitorious Ace. Great build, very fun, very Good entertaining idea. Yeah, uh, did not have the three force talents needed for force adept. Uh, I go ahead and said, if you wanted to make this build legal, you could easily drop force persuasion at dead negotiator for force reflexes and instinctive navigation. It would help the character kind of live up more to the piloting role. Uh, force reflexes lets you reroll a when you use the, when you make you use the force check for a starship maneuver, it lets you reroll, mm-hmm. and then instinctive navigation lets you use the force. To uh, astrogate and stuff like that. Yes. I want to apologize because normally our builds 
uh, our build bounties have a longer time for submission. Yeah. Uh, like two weeks for that and then two weeks to vote. And this time, for, for some reason, I just absolutely forgot. And so I made it one week for both things. Well, you wanted to hit May the 4th. <laughs> I didn't want to hit why. May the 4th. Yeah. But I also just totally forgot it was different than our normal setup for that. So in the future, they're going to be two weeks for submitting the builds and then two weeks for voting as well. Yep. Yes, indeed. We won't make that mistake again. And remember, guys, um, these bounties are about inspiring people to try out something new. Oh, yeah. Try building a character they haven't built before in these restrict uh, under these restrictions. It's a challenge. It's supposed yeah. to be challenging. The, the reason the voting is left to patrons to make it feel like a more uh, is to make it feel less like a popularity contest and more like a showcase. Yeah, absolutely. Steven and I don't get a say nope, in who vote. wins. Um, and mostly it's, just, you know, you get people uh, it's people are fun when they get to have that say. Right. Course, they, they have fun when they get to have a say in who they feel wins. Absolutely. What they think deserves. This. No, the Bill Cochase is a great thing. I, I think it's cool. The bounties are, I think, a fun way to. I mean, we have a lot of like builds now that are still up that you can just go back yeah. to previous contests and get. It's. We're kind of building this little library of they interesting make, builds. Uh, they make great bid bosses, that's for sure. They great sure to throw, throw out your do. players. Nice one-shot bosses, too. Damn. Absolutely. Uh, but enough about those assholes. <laughs> <laughs> enough about those past builds. I've brought us a new build. I was very excited when you said you wanted to feature this build, because this is a fondly remembered character. This new build is also an old build. Well, this is a remembered character. A not remembered not character. always a fondly remembered um, For Steven's first Swissy campaign, long form, Level one to level twenty. Yep. I created a character. I had my clone trooper character leave for some reason. I want to try a new character out. Yeah. You know, it's, it's Swissy. There's a lot of cool different prestige classes that I want oh, to try yeah. out. So I made a Fosh medic uh, named Chrysanthemum. She and was the celebrity surgeon. <laughs> she was very much like a Doctor Oz kind yeah. of celebrity. She was like if Doctor Oz was Oprah. Uh, very funny. <laughs> very funny. And she very was a true. cybernetic surgeon who had like a back alley clinic on Naboo. Yeah. And, you know. It was exclusive, not back Yeah, exclusive. Yeah. <laughs> it was classy. Yeah. Classy joint. Um, before I read out this sort of highlights of this build, I just want to remind you guys that uh, this was for a kind of enhanced Donner Defiance. Yeah, I misread the rules and thought that the players get a feat every other level, not every third level. So we ended up with some really high power builds with a lot of feats. So you're going to hear shit that doesn't quite add up per raw. That's fine. Uh, maybe this or part of this will inspire you to pursue it. And however you're playing at your table. And that's the point. The point is to inspire. So she's a Fosh Noble Seven Medic Seven. Fosh is cool because they're like a little bird people. Yeah, they're kind of cool looking. Yeah. They, I thought they were the bird people we see in Clone Wars where Jar Jar like has. A Jar Jar straight up bangs one. Right? Yeah, I was going to yeah. say a relationship, but that works too. Where Jar Jar is like. Jar Jar is the Jedi's liaison with them because they hate the Jedi because the Jedi are just straight up kidnappers to them. <laughs> wonder where they got that idea. Yeah, well, they just take kids when they're like two and three and, and raise them to they expect use everyone force. to just be cool with that. <laughs> it's not that race. It's a different species, a different bird species. They're a small race. They get a plus one size bonus to reflex and plus five bonus to stealth checks. They're deceptive, so they can reroll deception but must accept the reroll. They also have healing glands. Mm. Fosh can exude a powerful fluid from their tear ducts that can aid in the healing process for most species. A Fosh is always considered to have a med pack or medical kit for the purpose of making treat injury checks. Oh. and can perform trained only applications of the treat injury skill, even when untrained. That's pretty cool. I like that a lot. Really good, really good medics. It is really cool. But if you get that bonus from already, the bonus from having a medical kit, then there's not really a point to not be trained in treat injury, right? Because <laughs> you're going to want to skill focus in it anyway. Of course. As a noble, I gave her the double agent and misplaced loyalty talents. 
During initiative, she can roll deception as well as initiative. If, the, if that rolls higher than the enemy's will defense, they don't believe her to be an enemy or an ally during combat. Oh, very cool. Misplaced loyalty works as the opposite of draw fire, allowing a persuasion check to make enemies not attack her as long as she's within six squares of an ally. Funnily enough, this talent can't be used in the same round as the draw fire talent. Also, it can't be used by multiple characters in the same round. That makes sense. You'd end up with a mess. Otherwise, of like if and statements, yeah, just, just terrible. <laughs> a programmer's worst nightmare. <laughs> if then statements. <laughs> uh, I also gave her predictive defense, stand tall, and reoccur- um, recurring success. She uses her intelligence mod for reflex defense instead of dexterity. And even if she does get hit, all allies within six squares can make an attack against the attacker. Normally, once per encounter, twice with recurring success. You love stand tall. Stand tall is great. It is. It's. It's incredible. It's yeah. extra actions for the action economy. Um, cybernetic surgery. Chrysanthemum uh, was known in our game as one of the best cybernetic surgeons in that galaxy. I already mentioned that. Yeah, but uh, it's cool because that's how we yeah. in- ended up introducing her at the table. Uh, I believe yes. another character lost her arm. Recently lost her arm. Yeah, and then we brought your new character in for the person who was going to install the arm. I just um, I just remembered. So that party was, let's, let's go. Yeah, let's go, go ahead. Right. Let's recap that. That party was two Miraluka. Yeah, and uh, well, the, the important characters for this set, for the scene yeah. it was two Miraluka, one of them which had just lost their arm, and then it was a human uh, force user from like a shaper of Crovar, and they had an eye patch. Yeah, uh, so they all enter the clinic, and then <laughs> and then she uh, Chrysanthemum comes out, and she's like, "Oh, uh, did you all need eyes?" <laughs> and that's right, that's right. That was her very first scene. Really good. It's really funny. <laughs> She has Battlefield Medic and Steady Under Pressure from the Advanced Medicine Talent Tree. Nice. That combined with her Healing Glands and Medical Interface Visor and Extra First Aid and Skill Focus means her Treat Injury is plus 26 net. Man. And she can do First Aid Checks as a Standard Action instead of a Full Round Action. You also re-roll Treat Injury Checks, uh, but you have to keep the re-roll. The Healing Glands and the Medical Interface Visor give her a plus 4 to those Treat Injury Checks, making it the plus 26 instead of plus 22. And she can also first aid someone an additional time per day. Amazing. Medical secrets are like force secrets, but for medics, which I think is cool. That so they cool. <laughs> so cool. I didn't even know about these until you brought them to Chrysanthemum. It's really neat. They're so great. Um, I gave her improved first aid, improved perform surgery, and improved revivify. When using first aid, gain an additional point for every point by which you exceed the DC, including the extra normal H from exceeding the DC. I believe it's a DC 15. Yeah. So if you roll 10, it's plus 26, 36. That's nine, uh, six, go ahead, math boy. 21. So normally it'd be 21 additional hit points. It's 42 additional hit points instead. So cool. Uh, she can also attempt surgery in half the time and revivify as a standard action. God damn. I know, right? That's a move and a standard to walk over to the corpse and make them not to uncorpse them real good. Uncorpse them real nice. Uh, she also had improved perform surgery and surgical expertise feat. She can perform surgery in instead of an hour, five minutes. It's just crazy. Just suturing you up in like five minutes yeah. later. Like it's great, man. man. It's great. Um, yeah, it's wild that improved perform surgery changes the time from an hour to ten minutes. Yeah. Uh, no, sorry. Surgical expertise changes it from an hour to ten minutes, which That's I think is right. crazy. And then improved perform surgery is like yeah, half the time, half the usual time, whatever it is. God. She also has the bring them back uh, talent, which can revive a target any any time within rounds equal to half heroic level. So cool. The Seven rounds. You can be dead for half a minute and she can bring you back. <laughs> uh, honorable mention, the MDS-50 Medicensor. 
It's a, it can be used as a swift action on an adjacent creature or character, providing the user with the target's current hit points, its place in the condition track, and the presence of, but no specifics on, disease, poison, or radiation exposure. Very cool. Wow. What do you think about that build, Steven? Oh, Sam, I you know I love Chrysanthemum. Uh, she played at my table for many months, and uh, extremely entertaining. Incredibly useful. I don't think anyone like went below half health the entire span of Chrysanthemum's uh, career with the party. Anytime there was a break that was longer than 20 minutes, she would heal everyone up to almost full health again. You love playing characters like this. Hey, it's great. It's fun. Well, yeah. I also love doing that to a party and then taking away that character to see how they act without it. <laughs> <laughs> That's cruel, but fun. You're right. Steven, it's time for another issue of one of my favorite segments. All right, I'm ready. I'm uh, People keep saying, people keep talking shit. They're like, gosh, Sam, how many named NPC droids do you think are in the core rule book? Listen, I'm <laughs> fighting for my life here. If you tell Sam to make harder questions, the sooner I will die. <laughs> I don't know how quickly you want Dark Times to be reduced to half of its hosts. But if you keep pushing Sam to put harder shit out there, they will kill me. For those unfamiliar with the segment, the way it works is I will read a stat block, an official stat block from the Star Wars SAG Edition game, and Steven will have three chances to, one, ask a question, and then guess. Uh, if he guesses wrong after his third guess, he dies. And the show ends, and I, I will actually cut the episode short. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, this, uh, this week's Stat block was brought by Little Literalist. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, you killed me, you bastard. Oh, no. Oh, he'll never get this one. He DM'd you, didn't he? Yeah. That snake. Complete snake. Alrighty, here it is. I'm ready. Reference book, Star Wars Sag Edition Force Unleashed Campaign Guide. Okay, okay. Uh, CL14. Uh, medium human Jedi seven, Jedi Knight three, Sith Apprentice three, Sith Lord one. Okay. Uh, has the unleashed uh, destiny? Star Killer, Galen Merrick. <laughs> God fucking let's damn it. go! Oh, Undefeated, yeah. unkillable. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't think I'd get. Star Killer? Listen, man, he gave me a list of them and I picked one and it was, yeah, it was Star Killer. <laughs> oh, man, that's so great. I'm actually quite familiar with that stat block because I've almost used him in campaigns many times because <laughs> I like him a lot. You've been so tempted to use the stat block. <laughs> I almost used him in, in Wyvern Squadron, that big long form campaign we were just talking about, in place of Ashrod Het. Oh, yeah. yeah, I, yeah. It was almost going to be Star Killer instead if you guys like went somewhere else. Yes, that is a good. Uh, technique for gms out there just steal something just steal just steal cheat it lies, steal i say it every episode <laughs> gms should be steal. cheating stealing and lying cool things about the galen merrick stat block while we're here come on let's just just while we're here sure geo redirect shot telekinetic savant temptation temptation's cool it's the cool sith lord thing they can do he's got plus 20 to use the force you get two uses of force lightning three uses of move object i mean come on what's not to like about this guy also, he's just cool as hell. He's he's great. Sam Whitworth, please. Sam Whitworth, please. <laughs> Sam Whitworth, please come on our show. With a dark side adept talent, he can reroll force powers with dark side descriptor, but he has to take the second result, which I think is really cool. 
Thank you for joining us on Name That NPC, or I Literally Kill You this yes, week. Tune in yes. next week to see if Steven lives or dies. It's like a dunk tank, but with a handgun. <laughs> it's like a dunk tank, but instead of a tank, it's a handgun. And instead of a baseball, it's your brain. <laughs> um, I like to, you know, we're getting towards the end of the show. I like to end off with some trivia. Um, Mark Hamill, Luke Skywalker, actor, if you don't know. If, I hope you fucking know. Jesus. Uh, has done so many interviews over the years about Star Wars. Combine, combine that with his Twitter account, and he shared so much crazy behind-the-scenes stuff. In the Death Star trash compactor scene, Luke's being attacked by, like, a weird tentacle garbage monster. Uh-huh. Mark Hamill bursts the blood vessel in his eye, trying to make himself red. Eesh. Make himself look like he was being suffocated. Uh. And uh, he said, I think it was on Twitter, I purposely made myself red-faced for a strangulated look, causing a blood vessel in my eye to burst. They had to shoot carefully to hide it until I healed. George told me I should have asked him first, because with the lighting and the red filters, it made no difference. Hashtag true story. Hashtag true story. The Dark Times is produced and edited by me, Sam. Steven is my co-host. You can reach out to us on Twitter at DarkTimesSWSE, or you can email us, DarkTimesSWSE at gmail.com. Review us on Spotify or iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts. Check out the Patreon in the description. Uh... Congratulations again to Tsuyoshi Ketsu yes. for winning the, the bounty this week. Steven, do you have a quote for us this week? I bring Darth Vader's enemies to justice. Now, so do you. Oh, hell yeah. That's Starkiller. Who's saying that to? Uh, Juno, I think, when they first meet. Oh, that's fucking cool as hell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I couldn't, like, find an iconic line because, like, he doesn't have, like, a, a catchphrase. Like, yeah. I'm Starkiller. <laughs> Nothing crazy memorable. I mean, that's a cool line. It is a cool but line. But it's nothing, like, crazy memorable, No, you know? not really. I don't really remember any memorable lines from him that weren't just screams. I think Rom Coda has cooler lines than he, he does. does. <laughs> is it, Rom Coda, it's really cool because when they're like locking sabers, you put this after the, the close. Um, when they're like locking sabers, Rom like has a vision of him training Starkiller and bringing him to the light side, like right there. And then he throws the fight, right? Is that why? He throws, yeah. Because he, he cool has the will of the Force is to train Starkiller, which does happen. Can we get another game like Force Unleashed? Um, I think. Okay, so yeah, that would be fun. I think in this day and age, we're kind of going the more like Fallen Order direction, where it's like Dark Souls, not like God of War. That's fine. I mean, that's yeah. fine, and that's on the IMO way more fun. Oh yeah, yeah, as, for sure. As game, but like, yeah, I would love to see Star Killer featured again. I think that'd be awesome. yeah. That that would even be cool. as like a secret cheat code, like unlockable skin in like that Fallen Order sick. Two. That'd be really Fallen fun. Two. Oh, or like a secret boss fight. Yeah, oh, that would be ooh. cool. That would be fun. Like yeah. e- like a Echoes of the Force boss fight yeah. rush mode where yeah. you fight like different visions of the Force. And one's from one's like alternate timelines. Yeah. Well, because if he can fucking see himself as a let me, I'm putting the podcast down for a second. If fucking uh, Cameron Moynihan, what the fuck is his character's name? Uh, oh, Cal Kestis. If Cal Kestis yeah. can f- see himself as an Inquisitor and like yeah. walking around the Inquisitor's like fucking home base. Yeah. Then I think he can fight Starkiller. I agree. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, that's too fucking sensitive for your liberal ideals. Oh my Steven. god! <laughs> Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Liberal ideals.